early in those days, I was introduced to a book called The Four Hour Work Week by Timothy Ferris. Okay, that's one book that I strongly recommend everybody reads. Uh, so he introduces us to a concept called mini retirement. What that means is, at least for we in India, culturally we are our thought processes. We work, work, work for thirty years and then plan for a retirement after sixty. I don't know how many years we're going to live after 60, but that's when we're going to use all the money, right? So his his thought is very unconventional. That that's what led me to come up with an option of taking mini retirement, right? Mini retirement is work for a few years, take a break. Work for you few years, take a break. Namaste, hello, welcome to Prunership Diaries. I'm Shweta, your host for this show. Each week, I interview either solo pruners or entrepreneurs or mom pruners or side pruners from varied fields and expertise. If starting a business is on your mind and you want to learn the nitty-gritties of running a business or you want to become a solo pruner, jump right in. Let's explore the intricacies of taking charge of your own business. Welcome to Prunership Diaries. Today, we have with us Praveen Ashok. Praveen's rendezvous with nature started a few years ago when he set out to look out for birds with his photography equipment for company. Since then, there has been no looking back. He is an HR professional, but while not at work or in a nature escapade, he loves to engage with people, especially children, by conducting awareness sessions on nature and wildlife, specifically birds. He, along with his friend and spouse, recently formed the Hollowbones Trust, a non-profit education initiative focused on birds and nature exploration. He's a seeker, as he would like to call himself. He did attempt a year-long career break to pursue his passion in the field of nature and wildlife. And to fund his projects, he took up wedding photography. Today, I'm so excited to talk to Praveen, who is a friend, a fellow traveler and a photographer. I'm so excited to hear about his new venture, which is Hollow Bones and uh, what he's up to with it, because engaging the young minds in this uh, particular venture. I must say, I think I've seen his work. I mean, especially uh, the wildlife photographs, which he puts up on his uh, Lens Trails uh, website, lenstrails.com. I'm telling you, it's it's brilliant and it's just amazing to see him like, you know, put out a lot of wildlife uh, photographs out there. So do check it out. Praveen, so welcome to my show and I'm so glad and honored to have you here today. Hey, Shweta, I'm so excited. I feel like a celebrity. The introduction was so elaborate and you made my day. Fantastic. I'm so happy to be here. Let's Let's get started. Yes, absolutely. And it's always my pleasure to have you. So yes, so let's get started then. So Praveen, you are and have been an HR professional. So what made you to pursue photography? Uh, was it a hobby that you indulged in and you wanted to explore? So so how did this start? So I've been a travel guy since when I remember. So nature and I have always been together. Uh, it so happened that photography came much later. It was, if I remember it correctly, 2010. Uh, when we were expecting our first baby and like any father to be or parent to be i picked up a camera so that we could record the baby's moments and all those precious days right so apart from being at home whenever, whenever i traveled I, I started taking the camera out so it was my brother-in-law sister's husband mm-hmm. who introduced me into photography and i said why not and uh, my wife has always been interested in photography so these these two influences from the close circle 
got me started uh, we went out i still very vividly remember it was valley school which is in south of bangalore when we were just taking a nature stroll and i bumped into a very beautiful small little bird called oriental white eye i didn't know that such a bird existed before looking at it through my lens that's where i started photography and here i am today <laughs> that's wonderful and uh, very nice to hear that you picked up the camera for your son <laughs> yes that's really lovely and i must ask you why the interest especially in wildlife and that to birds and i want to know you know what intrigued you to you know get started with this uh, genre how has this journey been so the journey has been exciting uh, why birds is i introduced you to oriental white eye right so that's what got me intrigued into birds and then mm-hmm. when i started looking or reading more about it uh, there was then a very popular forum on on the internet uh, this is pre instagram days which uh, had lot of bird photographers post their pictures and that's what got me intrigued uh, on the other hand i'm a very selectively social person so which ob- makes it obvious for me to travel to nature destinations rather than tourist destinations and uh, so that's again something where you get to explore more about birds so one thing led to another i got really intrigued then uh, then came the first sighting of tiger then I, uh, so so that again got me hooked into wildlife safaris and and things continued so wildlife is something which i thoroughly enjoy especially birds to give you a just there are about 1300 species of birds in the indian subcontinent wow i did not know anything beyond sparrow and crow before i got into birding <laughs> right so that that's what keeps me hooked on to birds i've just in spite of several years of uh, effort i have only managed to observe and photograph about 400 species of birds so there is still a lot more to do so it's a lifelong obsession if i may call it Yes, I mean that's amazing. Four hundred birds—it's—it's it's a big deal, and and so glad that I know you're at it, and um, of course you are—you uh, know—putting it out for us to see, and also to learn about a whole lot of birds, and of course the wildlife out there. Thank you for uh, sharing it with us and the world. <laughs> My pleasure, always. All right. So Praveen you had taken a year or two I mean you took a break to pursue a passion for photography and travel so why did you want to take a break and how was this journey and what all did you do I would like to be candid here I would like to call it midlife crisis if I may call so <laughs> jokes apart so this was about 13 14 years working as an HR professional and uh, the longest stint in that particular company I no longer work in that company now but uh, I was there for about 10 years then and then after that I, i returned and things like that but that was a time when i thought career wise i was getting saturated uh, on the other hand uh, this urge to travel this urge to take a break has always been there the, the good part uh, was the timing was right for me mm. so th- it's a very uh, cliche term the timing is never right and things like that i do agree with that but that time so my kid was younger uh, so and my wife was working from home so everything just fell into place and i thought why not take a years break explore something outside right. okay let's see how it goes okay mm-hmm. it was very uh, kind of my senior management in that organization actually i had put in my papers i said i'll take a break there's no point asking for sabbatical then coming back and things like that but my senior management especially the hr deputy hr head of the organization she was kind enough to tell me that hey you know what though there is no such provision for the purpose of why you need a sabbatical i will still make an exception and let you go the day you decide you want to discontinue you put your papers no notice required if you want to come back the doors are welcome it was very sweet of her to say that 
So I just grabbed onto that opportunity, right? So I started a couple of months past. It was very exciting. No Monday traffic, no commute problems of Bangalore and all that. And then the reality started to strike. Okay, the first reality was though financially I was prepared for the entire financial year. What started hitting me was the future forward, right? So this year I will pass, but what happens after that? A couple of friends, uh, in fact, they're they are a couple. They were already into photography. So I tagged along with them. They were kind enough to get me on board. We did our first wedding photography and that's where got into wedding photography. Did the first wedding at small temple wedding. I was very excited. It was such a beautiful experience. And that first wedding became two, then it became 20. So, so till date, I've covered about 22 weddings and all of them with them, with this couple of friends that I'm talking about. That's how it has been. However, the uh, main reason of taking a break, I ensured that that went on. I traveled the length and breadth of the country, but for Northeast, because that requires much more time. So I have covered Gujarat, Rajasthan, of course, Karnataka, Kerala, Odisha, Maharashtra here and there extensively. And of course, uh, my favorite destination, Uttarakhand. So that's how the year went by. Uh, it was time for me to get back. I must admit, I think ever going to be a perfect plan, but I think I should have planned a little better so that I, I could have continued being off work. But then, yeah, all that happens, happens for good. So I joined back work in 2019. 2018 is when I took the break. Perfect. So I want to ask you, like, uh, when you said you'd taken that break and, uh, you know, you got into wedding photography as well, and also you traveled, you know, wherever that you wanted to. I want to ask you, like, at that point in time, so what were your learnings from the experience and also again I think you did mention a couple of things pertaining to the challenges that you faced if you can elaborate on these two things one is of course the learnings that you got out of it and also pertaining to the challenges like what you went through during this journey from the perspective of a passionate solopreneur because that's what you were aiming to do in that particular year or two absolutely so I don't know if I would be digressing but uh, I would like to mention Early in those days, I was introduced to a book called The 4-Hour Workweek by Timothy Ferris. Okay, That's one book that I strongly recommend everybody reads. Uh, so he introduces us to a concept called mini-retirement. What that means is, at least for we in India, culturally, we are our thought process is we work, work, work for 30 years and then plan for a retirement after 60 I don't know how many years we're going to live after 60, but that's when we're going to use all the money, right? So his, his thought is very unconventional. That's what led me to come up with an option of taking mini retirement, right? Mini retirement is work for a few years, take a break. Work for a few years, take a break. Now, coming back to your question, so that being the, at the back of my mind, one of the most important aspects that, that all of us would agree is travel teaches you a lot. The first learning that I had, I'm sure you would have heard all the travelers say this, is world is a much more beautiful place. World is a much more safe place than what the social media or the media portrays it to be, right? That was the first learning. And every single person I've encountered in that year or whenever I've traveled so far, I have never had even one incident which was negative in nature, which I can remember. Everybody is welcoming you. They're seeing you as a pride because they see you as a guest and they see pride in hosting you. And they ensure that you get everything that you're looking for. These are a few learnings that I've had. And of course, the food. I love to experiment with food. And oh my God, 
there's so much more to what we what we get to see as menus on on the internet or elsewhere right uh, just just a basic aloo paratha with pickle uh, served at rajasthan from a from a mother of one of the bird guide i still my mouth is watering when i talk about it so it's it's phenomenal so these were few of the learnings challenges uh, say it's like this okay i know it's a cliche but i would like to mention it the timing is never right so you want to do something go for it there will never be a perfect time right so this is something that we need to keep in mind and uh, at large things will fall in place challenges will continue to be challenges unless you want to call it opportunities right now that's my hr talking but in actual sense too that's what it's been i don't know if i answered all your questions yes yes you did so i want to ask you again i mean when you went back to work i mean which you mentioned like you know after you took this break and you know financially it was not working out for you hence you wanted to move back so i want to understand what went through your mind at that point in time because you were enjoying something which you love to do of course all of this was happening there was learnings there was experiences which you always wanted to explore and experience so what what went through your mind because this is something uh, that you had to let go of probably for you know a shorter period of time or you wanted to take it up like part time but i want to understand what was going through you i mean at this point in time because it's it's quite a difficult task because to leave a job and get on to your passion and then again to uh, take a break from the passion and get back to work so i just want to understand what was going on in your mind so that's reality right with us so i still very very vividly remember that day I, those were the days when i was volunteering with uh, very trusted ngo and uh, their office uh, is off mg road okay that's about 10 12 kilometers from my house where i live and uh, that was the day when i had to t- make that decision i got back to work uh, in december and i'm referring to december of uh, 2018 and started work from january of 2019 i'm i'm referring to somewhere about i think in november okay when i had to make the decision so it was a tough call as you would expect so i walked back the 10 12 kilometers because i wanted time to think i wanted time to answer a lot of questions and as you would expect uh, there were a lot of big question marks staring at me saying hey you know what and do you really want to do this is this the right thing to do why not so see uh, the way i look at it is that day as well as today it's very easy to complain yeah. at the end of the day it's me it's my life and i need to plan it well i need to do things that are required to get it going right yeah. and look at the larger picture so in fact that was the an hour and a half of walking is when i also decided that until then shweta my thought process was i'm going to work till 40 i'm i turn 40 i turn 45 and then i'm going to retire early retirement and do this i'll do that etc but that's when i that that day that hour is when i realized that that may not be true because i'm a person i i don't like to live like a monk okay i am not a minimalist i'm a minimalist when it comes to traveling but i would love to live my life king size so i i will not shy away from luxuries that means i need money okay so as long as i can generate money and if it means work let me not look at an early retirement but let me look at a mini retirement once in 4 years once in 5 years yes we'll talk about it later but that that's one thing so that very thought of me going back to work and at the end of the day i love my profession i've perceived successful as an hr Uh, i i've i've played good i, I would like to call it uh, pretty good roles yeah. right uh, in the field of hr so i thought why not go back to work continue to do whatever i'm doing and i i clearly mix personal and professional life i can i can be sending an email on one hand 
I hope my boss doesn't listen to this conversation. But and on the other hand, I can read a book. Okay, and I've always been like that. I don't know what you call it, but I that's how it's been. <laughs> so that decision was made that day, and uh, no regrets. I'm happy. Looking forward to my next break, which is scheduled in 2024, and then there is another break scheduled in 2030. So the list is already <laughs> all fixed, all all set. The good part is I've learned the lesson. So the financial planning aspect of it is much more concrete now. I'm I'm happy with whatever happened. Yes, experience does teach you, and it makes you wiser. Yes, absolutely. I would like to think so. No, but it's so amazing. I mean, even with the, what Abu was going through and uh, being there for for your family financially, and of course looking into your passion and also the work. I think I think you've done it beautifully. I would like to say that. And you already have some plans about the mini retirement, which we're yeah. going to talk shortly on the twenty twenty four one. I'm like you know wanting to know what is what is it all about. Well, bottom line, I would just like to say that uh, yeah, I think when you're passionate about something and and you really want to pursue it. I think it can be any way. I think as long as your needs and uh, your uh, you know the basic essentials are taken care of, and I think yeah, whichever way it is. I mean, you are at a job and you want to work on your passion, or you end up giving your work and then you know just work on your passion. I think it's it's just always many ways about it. I would like to say brilliant that you're doing it. I think uh, even with uh, the work and also with the uh, the photography aspect of it. So yes, so that's good. <laughs> All right. So moving on. I know you mentioned that uh, you tag along with a couple of your friends uh, in the wedding photography genre. So I want to ask you. I know it's it's wildlife photography, and then there is wedding photography. So how did this happen? Like, I mean, was it an easy transition because you're you're of course focusing on something out there in the wild and of course they don't have a clue as to you know they're beginning photograph but of course coming to wedding photography it's it's more about you connecting with the family the bride the groom it's an entirely different ball game altogether so how did this transition happen yeah sure i'm sure most of the uh, wildlife photographers wouldn't agree with this and uh, likewise the wedding photographers may not agree with this but mm-hmm. the way i look at it from from my eyes right you i was talking to you about the first wedding that we did a temple wedding that we did right uh, i find both these ends of the spectrum there is a commonality between them so so i thoroughly enjoy wildlife nature and wildlife it gives me a kick it gives me a high when i'm capturing the moment i'm looking at a natural phenomenon i'm when i'm recording a natural history moment very similar to that for my eyes is a wedding where it's not a natural history moment but it's an extremely important uh, moment for the couple and their families what really excited me and keeps me excited even till today about wedding photography is specifically mm-hmm. wedding photography i i don't do any other type of photography apart from when it comes to people is there is so much of positivity there's so much of emotion there's so much of everybody is is looking up to this event everybody wants this event to be successful if i can call it there is a riot of emotions there right when i get to capture the bride's eyes welling up when the knot is being tied right now that gives me the same amount of excitement as a photographer as i get to cover a natural history moment so i thoroughly enjoy every bit of it uh, coming back to your question i don't see that as a transition of sorts i see that as something which really excites me and at the end of the day for the person behind the camera that's what keeps you going right the moment that you're trying to capture has to be a story that you would like to convey for the audience 
the intended audience. And bottom line, at the end of the day, you have to enjoy what you're doing and be excited about it. On the other hand, uh, weddings, especially the, I have never got an opportunity to cover weddings beyond, I mean, outside of India. The Indian culture weddings, the, the highlight, if I can call it, is the amount of rituals that we have, the amount of customs that we have. And for each one of it, so I thoroughly enjoy it. So in lighter vein, every time I complete a wedding and come back, I tell my mom that it was as if, you know, I completed another wedding <laughs> in the shoes of completing another wedding. So it's, it's an amazing thing that I thoroughly enjoy. Wonderful. I mean, so glad that um, you didn't uh, tell that as, you know, something that you transitioned from this to that. You said it's it's completely different. I mean, of course, both the genres, but then it's all about that emotions pertaining to both the aspects uh, when you said that you get high on both the things. Yeah, yeah. Coming from a photographer, I think who sees two things in the same aspect. It's probably the genre is different, but the way you want to perceive it is, is the same. So, yeah. Wonderful. So probably the listeners want to know as to, you know, what kind of gear do you use uh, for wedding photography, especially? So if you could like to share about that. There's one uh, common question that beginners ask, which I would like to clarify. Yes, yes, please. Sony, Canon, Nikon, all of them are exceptional. Okay. It's, it's a professional photographer or a professional wildlife photographer or a professional wedding photographer of sorts will choose one brand over another, largely because of uh, the comfort of knowing that particular gear, the ease of use of menus, and 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 also the uh, the options of glass that's available. I'm talking about lens that's available. Okay, so that, that's one thing. I've always used two different manufacturers. I am a two camera photographer, so I always have one particular brand on the right, and other particular brand on the left, and it really doesn't matter. Uh, coming to your question, I'm a full frame photographer. I I would like to take the benefit of having large pixels on the photographs that I click so that tomorrow I can go ahead and process them. I can edit them and editing and all of that I'm referring to is from the wedding photography side and nature related photographs. I seldom edit. It's not something which I enjoy doing. I, I would like to keep it as is so, so that the audience get to see what I saw even without the camera, right? Coming to wedding photography, there is requirement where you have to remove some elements from the frame, where you have to look at a different composition, etc., etc. And uh, definitely, I take advantage of the full frame sensor. So I'm a full frame shooter. I also thoroughly enjoy the bouquets that you get out of prime lenses and uh, and even zoom lenses, of course, which you get as a benefit from uh, higher aperture opening. So I use an f2.8 lens if I have to get technical about it, uh, largely, and f2.8 and uh, you know probably below that. That's the gear that I use. So Canon and Sony, Canon and Nikon. So I've always been using two or three more, or or even Fuji. I've used for some time in between. All right. Um. So moving on, I would want to ask about Hollowbones Trust. I want to know the story behind it. You know what triggered you to start this. And firstly, what's with the name Hollowbones? Yeah, sure. Thank you for asking. So Hollowbones, uh, simple. Uh, birds have Hollowbones and that's why they can fly. So we, we call this program Hollowbones. But stepping back a little, so I had taken my son, uh, he was I think six or seven back then. I had taken him on a nature stroll and uh, I saw the amount of interest and curiosity and uh, exploration kind of mindset that children have. So my friend and I, uh, both of us started birding together. Uh, she used to be my colleague in the earlier company that I was working. So we have traveled a lot. We continue to travel a lot for birding, especially. 
so both of us uh, part of one day at a cafe and we were like i was saying hey you know what my i saw the kind of excitement my son was showing you and i so both of us are trained naturalists the same naturalist program which you were talking about it's called naturalist training program conducted by uh, mr karthik from jungleologists yes and uh, prior to that i had also completed a volunteer training program conducted by karnataka forest department so we did have some basic knowledge about what and how to approach uh, in terms of uh, education or exploration kind of thought process so we said let's do this we just uh, wanted to attempt uh, conducting a session for children okay so we put a, a so called ppt together with uh, videos and games and what not and uh, my brother in law's place that's my wife's brother's place we they live in an apartment uh, community so we said uh, let's hire the clubhouse there and pilot a program two half a days uh, half a day on a saturday which is inside the classroom half a day on sunday we'll go uh, explore a lake nearby for birding so we did that as an experiment it was i don't know if you have to call it social experiment but we did that experiment and the results were phenomenal my son is of 6 years old we said we'll come up with content which is intended for an audience between 6 years and 12 years okay 6 years because any uh, children below that may not be able to understand what we're trying to tell them about 12 years in today's curriculum right and the uh, environment science curriculum that's there in in the school also introduces children to a lot of these subjects so we said we'll restrict our uh, target audience to 6 to 12 years of age so coming back to this the, so this first session that we had uh, there were children who who showed so much of an interest that even after the session after in fact even today we are in we are in touch so we have a group for all the hollowbones parents where i i write something where my friend writes something and we publish and they also share something and that that's a forum that we use it was really fulfilling right so one thing led to another we did a couple of more sessions and then um, in the meanwhile uh, we also approached uh, jungle artists mm-hmm. and jungle artists were very uh, kind uh, to go ahead and offer us uh, their property for this particular initiative we've done about i think about six sessions so far at uh, one of their properties which is close to bangalore they they have offered it uh, to us at a throwaway price as i mentioned this entire hollowbones initiative is a non profit we don't charge anything extra it is bare minimum to function for the for the event to happen right so then the pandemic hit and we had to hold on for some time which is waiting in fact as we speak even they uh, last last week uh, there were parents of these hollowbones children were asking as to when is the next session happening and things like that so we are also eagerly waiting we are we are just seeing how the vaccination drive happens and when the government when the numbers will uh, go down and government is okay with reconnecting sessions for children but uh, coming back to this yeah so that's that's what led to the entire hollowbones uh, initiative uh, so as as the popular saying goes right when when the going is right everything will fall in place what has happened in the recent past is a couple of schools who have reached out to us through our known you know, contacts where they have asked us to volunteer and include our hollow bones session in their wow. curriculum okay not curriculum as in a, a class which happens on an on a regular basis but once in a quarter once in half year they want us to go ahead and teach children on uh, what we do through hollow bones initiative so that is one and another large uh, trust from a school nearby uh, to bangalore also has approached us to do a field guide for for birds of that that location so when these things started to fall in place and day in and out 
we have started to see a lot of people, a lot of parents, a lot of uh, you know, second contacts, th- third level contacts reaching out to us for something or the other on this front. We said, hey, you know what? This is the right time. Let us go ahead and create a trust. You know, so the accounting, all of that is taken care of. It's a non-profit and we want it to be black and white, right? So that's the reason we went ahead and registered as a trust. As we speak, I think uh, it's been about a couple of weeks since we registered as a trust. Wow. And we're all excited, just waiting to see how it goes forward from here. I think it's it's a superb initiative. Just kudos to you for that, for starting it. So congratulations on that. And I'm sure it goes a really long way. Uh, well, I have a follow-up question to uh, what you uh, said about hollow bones. One is, um, could you tell us more about the workshops that you conduct? You know, what does it include? And also, I want your view and experience in teaching children about this. Because I know schools do have, you know, probably they have a basic, uh, you know, curriculum which talks about wildlife, nature. Then, of course, they have the birds, animals, which they learn probably, you know, as they go forward in, into that specific, uh, you know, like botany, zoology, etc. So I want to know your perspective uh, pertaining to educating the young minds about it, because it's not just about wildlife or birds, but then it's about uh, bringing in the element of uh, the importance of nature, because I'm sure you agree, right? I think our generation, I think over the years, uh, we see ourselves just hooked to our <laughs> jobs and then we don't travel much. Or if it's just about travel, it's just about getting into a hotel or getting going to a resort. But there's nothing like an element of uh, an outside experience, like an outdoor experience where you're in the forest exploring things or, you know, with respect to birding, because you have to go in search of the birds. Uh, you know, there are, there's a whole lot of things and, and the aspect I feel is lost and which you are trying to, you know, revive it through these uh, workshops. So I want to know your perspective on this. Um, and also, uh, you know, could you tell us more about the workshops? You know, what do they include? Okay, I'll answer both the questions uh, uh, in one answer. Right? It's like this. There's a common belief that uh, children of this generation are, are not keen on uh, things outside their comfort zone. There's a general notion that children are very happy with their uh, gadgets and gizmos, etc. Even I was under that belief. Uh, however, uh, a very happy revelation after interacting with children through Hollowbones medium is what we have seen is, yes, that's partially true, but as long as you're able to Tell them stories, show them the uh, beautiful aspects of nature, be it birds, be it a centipede, be it a millipede, be it a tree, be it a leaf, be it a, uh, in a spider web. I think they are very receiving. They're very, very open to learning. Okay. Now that is something which, which we knew, but we thought that maybe they've moved beyond going outside and they are confined to their homes, which is not true. So that was a very happy revelation through this uh, medium. On the other hand, uh, so birds teach you a lot of patience because you know how birding is. Children probably teach you a little more patience than birds, <laughs> right? Grabbing their attention, consistently maintaining that they, they continue to focus on what you're trying to tell them. That's a big deal. But we've also learned through this one after another. We've gotten a little better in our sessions and uh, it also has helped us evolve in our uh, programs. Right. So uh, coming back to our the entire day, so it's because now we are doing it in a jungle or this uh, property, we book the entire day. 
parents are free to drop the children and go back or continue to stay there. Okay. So it's, it's an option which Jangalogist has given at a very nominal fee. So some parents choose to stay back because Jangalogist property, this particular Jangalogist property, like all others, is unbelievably amazing. I mean, whoever comes there would not want to go back. Right. So we start off with a small activity, then we get back to the classroom. In classroom, again, it's not a PowerPoint. I mean, how would you engage children with PowerPoints? We, we do a lot of quiz, we do a lot of sketching and activities like that inside the classroom. And then again, so it's like one in, one out. So we have one activity outside and one activity inside the classroom. One activity outside that goes on till afternoon and uh, yummy lunch is served. Again, thanks to Jangle Rogers. Then what we do is there is also a butterfly park. So that we actually, uh, now it's public, but uh, until now it is a surprise for children. So hollow bones, we talk about birds, etc. but they wouldn't have guessed about butterflies. So there's, a, there's an exclusive uh, walk on butterflies that we do. And post that, uh, then again, afternoon, we have some outdoor games and then uh, we head out for the bird walk after four o'clock, four, four thirty, because that's the time for birding in the evening. And then we come back and uh, find it up. So we started uh, nine in the morning, we end at six in the evening. It's a full day packed with activities. And uh, yeah, so that's how, that's how we do it. That's how we've been doing it. And we keep refining the content, uh, both what we do inside and outside. Right. Uh, but overall, the format is this. It seems to be working well. Okay. Lovely, brilliant. I mean, it's so, so glad that you're, you know, doing this for the young minds who need this. I mean, so, so elated that you've been, you've started off with this. Uh, so could you tell the listeners out there, uh, like, how can they enroll their children or their nephews or nieces uh, into this program? Or how can they get to know about it? Like, is there a online platform? And again, if you can uh, tell them about the age limit as well. So uh, when we started off, as I said, it was more of an experiment. We wanted to see how children will take it, whether they would be even interested at all in something like this, right? So we've always kept communication of this program only through known circles. Now that we are going bigger, I, I'm no techie, though I work in IT. So I've, I've still managed to build my own website. It's called hollowbones.in. I have also created an Instagram handle, etc., etc. but no post yet, there yet. I mean, all of this has happened in the last one week or so. So there are, there'll be email addresses mentioned. There would be uh, contact numbers mentioned. So this is, this program is meant for children between six and 12 for now, age of six and 12. Mm -hmm. And every time we, we come up with a program or an initiative, we go ahead and announce it through these channels. So as I said, we have a group of a group for the parents of hollow bones uh, children. So we communicate through this and till today it's been word of mouth uh, that uh, we have used so going forward we will be communicating it through our social media platform through our website through again word of mouth and through friends like you <laughs> yes absolutely i would you know be super super glad to you know share it with the world out there of this initiative so yes absolutely <laughs> all right um so just getting back to your uh, wildlife photography um so i want to know what has been your favorite wildlife photo shoot and could you tell us about that experience and what was the setting like and what was the gear that you used? Sure. So uh, at least when it comes to wildlife, it's extremely difficult for you to uh, pick one uh, against the others. Uh, yes. However, uh, I would like to talk about not from wildlife point of view, but the location point of view. Yes. So one uh, definitely that stands out when, when you ask me this question is Uttarakhand. Uh, especially when we uh, went up to Chokta from Satal, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And Chopta is at a very high uh, altitude, and uh, even in April, you need to wear layers. It's that cold. Right. Okay. So, photographing there, uh, the Himalayan monal is one of the sought after birds. Birders would know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 again you know a riot of colors. If you look at that bird, you would wonder why is this not our national bird? Why <laughs> why is it peacock? Okay. So that was a phenomenal experience. Uh, it it is so cold that your fingers are frozen. There is a moment happening in front of you, but you can't click the shutter button because your fingers are not working. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that that is a beautiful experience. Uh, apart from that, I thoroughly enjoy Bharatpur. Bharatpur, uh, the Bharatpur I'm referring to is is the one that is in Rajasthan. So for people like you who are familiar with Himalayas, I know the other Bharatpur that you refer to. So I I was specific. So th- that's a that's a Kaladev uh, National Park uh, in in uh, Rajasthan. At the place called Bharatpur, I go there every year at least once. Yes. In addition to that, in Karnataka there is Dandeli, which I thoroughly enjoy. I I intentionally avoid all the tiger destinations. I'm not a big cats guy. I've been lucky to spot many, but uh, I I still tend to be a birders. Coming to the gear, uh, I use a I use a super telephoto long lens. Some people call it bazooka. that comes with a lot of weight and other hassles but uh, the kind of quality that the pictures that i can create through that is uh, mind blowing so it's a 500 mm telephoto lens that i use and with a teleconverter on my full frame lens because you asked <laughs> amazing wonderful all right okay to so the next interesting question which i think we did you know talk about a bit in the beginning <laughs> yeah before getting on to that i know you're an ardent cyclist So I want to know how did that get started and how has been your experience so far and also the fact that um 2024 you intend to do a world tour on a motorcycle. <laughs> so could you tell us more about it? One is of course being a cyclist and one is about of course your next expedition. So until last year Shweta mm-hmm. I have never done anything to do with fitness. So I used to just do my uh, birding etc and I would consider that to be my fitness regime then came uh, the wish list uh, thanks to a friend called Shweta who went around Annapurna circuit okay and really inspired me you know I'm talking about I think you don't know okay who really inspired me and that coupled with my experience at Uttarakhand and I visited the mountains mm-hmm. you know how it is right so it's it's an addiction uh, mountains are an addiction so I've always wanted to visit uh, do a parikrama at Manasarovar and uh, visit uh, mount kailash right i mean manasarovar and parikrama of mount kailash so that is when i was told about how tibetan how the entire process happens and how your fitness levels should be etc etc and i'm i said i'm not going to take a pony i'm not going to ride a horse i'm going to do it on foot so if i have to do it on foot my brother in law my wife's brother who is who is an ardent cyclist and he's into running and he's not into, he's a he's a monster when it comes to all of fitness So he said, "Boss, if you want to do all of this, you need to change your lifestyle. First thing you do is start running." I said, "Okay, I can't run." He said, "You should run." So that's where it started. I've been running for one year now. Last March is when I started running, and cycling is something which I, I've always enjoyed. I mean, like all of us, right? Cycling takes you back to school days. Cycling takes you back to your childhood. So I, I started that, but then I got a little more serious about cycling. There are some. There's something called as breves that are conducted. It's called randonneuring. So that's where I enrolled. I've been cycling. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. But yeah, so that's what keeps me going. So I cycle about 150 kilometers a week. 
I wow. I do breves. Uh, the largest, the longest breve that I've done is about three hundred kilometers. Wow! Uh, in in one one go. So these are all timed events. You need to have completed within a specified time limit. And there is a route that is already given, and it's a self-supported ride. So if something goes wrong, then you are held accountable for yourself. Yeah. Right. You don't have any anybody to point a finger at. Uh, running, I I'm I'm still not there. I have been running as we speak. I'm I've done my forty nine ten k's. Till today, in the last one year, wow! But I've not been able to complete the 50th one. Even last evening, I tried to run, but there's some issue, and I came back. It's a it's an injury prone uh, sport, and I've never been a runner, uh, so it's it's like this. While uh, both are on two wheels, cycling and motorcycling are a completely different sport altogether. Motorcycling uh, is is again, you know, all of us started like any other Bangalore youth uh, when I started. Riding a bike, I wanted to go to Leh, Ladakh. I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. However, that never happened. Okay, I've been riding short distances. It so happened that uh, so I, I I enjoy reading books, especially biographies and autobiographies. And I was introduced to a book called The Lost City of Z. Mm. The book is about uh, an uh, a British explorer mm-hmm. who who goes on uh, to explore. A particular mythical city in the Amazon basin. Right. Okay. A very popular guy t- in his days. Uh, however, he he also takes his children, his sons, who are teenagers, and then he gets lost. Okay. Until today, nobody knows what happened to him. But when that book really moved me, I I began to question as to what am I doing in life if I if if not for exploration, right? Yet another excuse for me to pick up a bike and then go <laughs> world touring, right? Uh, so that's something. There are thousands of people who've done world touring. Okay, uh, there are many books out there. There is Jupiter's Travels, and you know, a few of the books that I I can think of, I can remember. Right. So I said, let me go ahead, let me try this. But this time, unlike 2018, mm-hmm. uh, where I took a break and I had to come back. Here, uh, it's a much more well planned from finances, from the route, because you're talking about world tour. It's no, it's no simple feat. Yeah. And uh, I had actually thought of doing a solo trip. Uh, luckily for me, another friend of mine, uh, we are, we share a lot of commonalities. He said he's also very keen to do something like this. So both of us have been planning. Super. So all the SIPs, mutual funds, everything, all the savings have already begun. It's been uh, going on for the, for a year or so. Right. So it's going to quite. It cost quite a bomb, and as I said, I I'm not going to camp everywhere. I'm I'm going to look at options where I also can enjoy the luxuries <laughs> of staying in a hotel. So all set, looking forward to 2024. And the timing is again, as I said, the timing is never right. But here, the timing is a little right because my son will be in ninth ninth grade, right. so that I can still venture out because one year after that, then he'll be in his tenth grade, and I don't know how much I will help him. Uh, sail through, but my family wouldn't allow me to go. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Wow! Amazing! Come on, you have of course inspired me, and you have inspired me in the past, and of course you are inspiring me now as well, and motivating me to do, of course, something. <laughs> Amazing that you know you are planning it out, and uh, of course looking out for something. And I think we all need to do this, right? It isn't about the same, like you know, you just work, and then of course initially when you spoke about you know the later part of the retirement, I, I think after sixty, that doesn't work. I think we also need to enjoy it, right, when we are young and fit. Uh, come on! I think you can't expect that. Expect to do that, you know, after sixty or seventy. Um, so yes, I mean, so so nice that you know you're planning it out in a very uh, 
logical way and uh, putting things uh, wherever that is required to. And uh, yeah, so super and all the best for that. Thank you. So we would love to, you know, watch out for what you're uh, doing out there. So yeah. All right. So I want to know, I mean, pertaining to, you know, talking from your work perspective or uh, pertaining to the hollow bones perspective or other ventures or passions that you have, you know, currently running. Uh, so I want to know how has the pandemic been? I mean, uh, was there a positive side to it or a negative side to it? I want to know your experience and views on that. Yes. So both positive as well as negative. Positive side is so the best part about uh working from home is you can plan your day and more so for people like me who work with American companies where most of your calls are in the evening or early in the morning. So throughout your day, you can plan your day. So that's, that's a big positive. The other positive is you also can balance out uh, activities, say be it workouts, be it, you want to, uh, you know, do a short travel, do something and come back. You have any, household chores, anything that you have to attend to. So all of those things are good. The biggest uh, drawback is that people connection is missing. Most, whether you're in HR or otherwise, we work in the people industry and most of the work gets done with face-to-face interaction, with just a phone call, right? So here, all said, because you asked me this question, I'm, I'm wearing my HR hat. The attrition uh, at an all-time high, it's hitting the rooftop because... See, when you're working, you have your colleague, you have your uh, co-worker in front of you. You know if something is not right, you, you speak to her or him. Put things in place, do what you can do and things like that. Here, you're stuck in front of your Zoom and uh, emails and calls. So uh, the personal connection is taking a big beating. Okay, And same thing applies to, I'm, I'm more worried about children because their uh, emotional and social intelligence is taking a beating, especially the kids. Right. Uh, because how would they express what they want to express? Because we're not even letting them go out and play. Mm. Right. So they're confined to the house. They're looking at their moms, dads, grandparents' faces throughout the day or are stuck to a television or, or, a, or a gadget. And it is really taking a beating on them. So that's the negative, negative side of it. All right. So I want to know, especially considering we're talking about the pandemic, of course, well-being is of utmost importance. It has been in the past year and also now. More so now because, you know, we're all like, you know, focusing on our health and well-being and all of that sorts. So I want to know what is your well-being or workout routine like and what do you indulge in apart from work, apart from photography and apart from cycling? In, in my known circle, I'm popular to be extreme in anything and everything that I do. So as I said, until last year, I was never doing anything to fitness. And then I got into fitness and I'm like, to give you an example, I have been active for 301 days to be precise because I track it in the last one year doing some workout activity or the other. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Enough of my posting, but coming back to your question. So I'm a yoga person. Uh, Again, thanks to friends like you who have inspired me to be one. That's something which has really changed me physiologically and mentally. Uh, I also do my bit of strength training. I also do my bit of for the, for the running and cycling and things like that. I, I generally take one day off in a week. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm working or pretty much working or doing something or the other, other six days. So that's how it's been. The good part is, uh, the, as we have seen in the history, every time there is a problem, mm-hmm. 
innovative solutions come out. So thanks to pandemic, there are a lot of online uh, workout uh, options, online yoga options that came out. And uh, I've been using almost, capitalizing on, on all, almost all of them. And I'm a happy recipient. Super, super amazing. I think um, it's good to know that you're doing a variety of things and making use of the online uh, courses out there. <laughs> super glad. All right. Um, so we come to the end. So uh, we come to the last section, which I call as the pruner spotlight section. So I'm going to run you through a few questions. It could be on the personal front or the professional front. And uh, you could answer to me in a word or two or a couple of sentences. It's totally left up to you. Do we get started? Let's go. <laughs> okay. Let's go. <laughs> All right. My first question is, uh, what is your ikigai? So ikigai is nothing but the reason for your being. So what is that one thing which you would do on any given day, no matter what is happening around the world. So what is it? I don't know if it's cliche to say this, but uh, yeah, I would love to travel no matter what's happening around the world. <laughs> Super, great. <laughs> All right. So the second question, any person who has inspired you or a book which has inspired you? So anything, you can talk about both or any one of them. So I, I, I would not be able to pick one. Mm -hmm. So there have been several books that have inspired me and several people who have inspired me. I've spoken a lot about books, so let me stick to uh, people. So uh, when it comes to uh, running, for example, my superhero, her name is uh, Courtney Dowalter. Okay, she's a long distance uh, ultra marathon runner. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So there are there are a couple of documentaries on her on YouTube. Every time I feel uh, I feel low, I just look for her any any content on about her and that changes me right so that brings me back to uh, you know happiness or, or gives me a high so she is one one of my superheroes that i look forward to and, and uh, coming to motorcycling right so there's a person called kinga so she is a solo uh, motorcycle traveler she's been traveling for the last four years and uh, oh man it's called her channel is called on her bike and anytime and every time I just need an excuse to go on YouTube and watch a video first. So she, she definitely has inspired me a lot. Amazing. So women are inspiring you. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, so my next question is, hypothetically, if you turn out to be the richest person in the world tomorrow, so what would you like to do? Or would you continue to do what you're already doing? I would continue to do what I'm already doing, but at a much more grandier scale. If I become another uh, Jeff, any of those Elon Musk, any of those guys uh, with, with so-called richest man in the world, yes. I would probably set myself challenges to uh, what is the maximum amount of money I can spend in a day. So that's what I, I would probably look forward to in addition to what all I'm doing. <laughs> all right. Perfect. <laughs> Okay, of course, this is, uh, you know, pertaining to you being a wildlife photographer, and of course, a nature enthusiast. Is there a particular place that is, that's on your mind that you would want to go and probably, uh, you know, go for birding, or just for, uh, you know, the uh, the purpose of, you know, just enjoying the nature out there? Is there any location that you would, are you like, it's on your mind, and you really want to go or probably your dream destination? Yeah, there are two, actually. Uh, one is, of course, the Cradle of Earth, Masai Mara, ah. and Serengeti, right? So that is one. Uh, so Tanzania and uh, Kenya. Uh, the other is uh, the Arctic, ah. the Auroras, <laughs> right? So so uh, Northern Lights is something which I've always wanted to 
more so recently my cousin of mine lived there and uh, he came back he went on an expedition and came back and he spoke so much about it i, I can't just wait to get there <laughs> wow <laughs> amazing um what is your definition of success if i'm able to sleep peacefully which i always do i think that's success because it's going to success is a very relative term right it's going to change by the minute if not by the second so if i'm able to that today i'm going to go back to sleep saying that oh my god this is the first time i've gotten interviewed i'm i'm going to be featured on a podcast it's like wow it's an achievement for me so i'm going to be very happy so that's that's what is success to me super i think that's so well said i think that's what it is <laughs> right as long as you can get a good night's sleep yeah <laughs> Okay uh so coming to my last question so what is that one uh, key takeaway or learning or a tip uh, that you want to give the audience or the listeners out here so it could be pruners who have just started this journey of exploring or pursuing their passion uh, they could be doing it as a full time or you know like you as a side pruner so or who are just you know wanting to start this journey uh, you know so what would you like to uh, tell them so point number 1 the time is never right you need to make it right just go for it right that's point number 1 point number 2 is you will never have enough time that should not be an excuse so everybody has 24 hours right so that should never be an excuse to stop you from doing exploring anything mm-hmm. and everything that you want to point number 3 and the last and also most important is if you are a working professional please remember that this is my opinion okay i might be completely wrong work should be one of the things that you it should not be if you are doing only work 24 hours a day you want to die soon die up here soon right the world is a beautiful place please explore doesn't mean you have to travel you can sit in your house and explore there's enough content out there enough medium out there and i think in the history of technology we are at the best time ever right so please do explore something beyond work don't just stick to your computer or or whatever whatever else you do wonderful thank you for those wise words and i'm sure i think people who want to start off i think it's just an amazing uh, key points that they can you know take into mind and get started <laughs> so thank you for that uh, so praveen how can one reach out to you I know there are different aspects to it. One is the wildlife photography, then there's hollow bones, and then there is the wedding photography. So if you could give us details as to how you know one can reach out to you for all of these. Yeah, the the easiest way uh, to reach out to me will be my permanent email address because each of these initiatives have their own email addresses. It will get confusing. Yes. So I would be happy to uh, receive any email on ka dot praveen at gmail dot com. I will also share it with you so that you can you can put that up in the description. that will be the easiest way to reach out to me <laughs> okay perfect and i will surely put it in my episode description so praveen thank you so much uh, it has been an amazing conversation with you um, as always even when we did, you know do it offline <laughs> um you know so happy to have learned about of course uh, your journey into uh, wildlife photography wedding photography and of course uh, the beautiful initiative that you have just started which is called as hollow bones Uh, to educate children on uh, birds and nature as such uh, so wonderful uh, to talk to you and it's i think for me it's been quite an inspiring conversation as well uh, you know because you're into onto a whole lot of things and you're taking it one step at a time to pursue your passion yeah that speaks volumes because um, 
that's what we all want to do you know because we just want to go out and you know explore the passion and you know uh, do that uh, but somehow of course some people we just hesitant to leave that and you know let go of the reins you know let go of the control <laughs> but i think you are a testament that you have tried it out and uh, you know you have like you know have a road map now you know to how to go about it so it's been super 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 um you know uh, glad that you know i could talk to you on a whole lot of things and uh, again thank you so much and i'm so 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 honored to have you on my show I must I must thank you Shweta I feel like a celebrity you made my day <laughs> it was an awesome uh, experience and every time you ask my question I had to either look up or look look right or left you know my right brain or left brain working but it was it was really awesome interacting with you on this front I'm going to call you soon after this to ask you how, how it went but thank you Great all right so thank you so much again Thank you have a good day Well that was quite an inspiring conversation with Praveen. Let's look into some of the key learnings. Praveen spoke about his journey in photography and especially wildlife photography and how he got started with it. He then went on to talk about his break that he took from work where he traveled the length and breadth of uh, India. and uh, did a lot of uh, wildlife photography and then how he also forayed into wedding photography genre he spoke about his learnings and challenges in this journey of a year or two where he spoke highly about uh, travel being a wonderful teacher and how people across uh, india are wonderful and play um humble oars and he also spoke about uh, the challenges and how one can uh, convert these challenges into opportunities uh he also spoke about is um mindset uh, while he was taking a decision to head back to work and then by simultaneously working on his passion he spoke about wedding photography wildlife photography and the gears used for the same respectively the amazing initiative which he has started is called as hollow bones uh, where he teaches children the young minds about birds about nature we did get an opportunity to listen about his uh, favorite uh, location um pertaining to uh, birding which is chopta bharatpur and dandeli and uh, we spoke about on other areas where uh prabeen is uh venturing into like cycling and also him working on a future expedition in 2024 to do a world tour on a motorcycle and uh, we also saw how the pandemic has been for him both in a positive and negative way and of course what he does for his well-being Thank you for joining me on this episode. If you liked the episode and felt this had some value, then please comment in the description section and also share the link with your friends. Likewise, you can comment on Instagram or take a screenshot of the episode and post it on Instagram stories. Don't forget to tag me @shwetasikrish. Invest in yourself as this is the best insurance you can have no matter what life throws at you. 